0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. I uh, want you guys to turn to your neighbor and say, Today's going to be really powerful. Today's going to be really powerful. My life's going to be forever changed right now. Forever changed. Now stretch your hands towards Chris and just. <laughs> Just say, get him, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just hold your hands out in front of you. I just, I just feel God's presence here so strong this morning. God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this community. God, we thank you that uh, you're building a family that is all over Orange County, and God, we're a part of it. God, this church, this community's a part of it. But we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen just feel God's presence so strong here every week. You know, it's amazing. We're so privileged to be a part of this community, guys. Like, we're privileged to live in Orange County right now. We're privileged to experience what God's doing in America right now. Uh, You know, like, people look at the news and they're like, wow, America's in an uproar. It's actually because America's in an uproar, hungry for Jesus right now. Like, literally, our nation is going to turn to God within our generation. We're going to watch America be saved by the power of God in our generation. We're gonna see signs and wonders. We're gonna see people coming to Christ like never before. You're a part of it. There's no age requirement for this mission. Like like you can be 10, you can be five, you can be 55, you can be 95. You're included in God's mission of a transformed nation. The, the word says, can, this question is actually asked in Psalms. It says, can a nation be born in a day? God asks the question because he actually knows the answer. I believe we're gonna see not only stadiums all around America filled with people worshiping God in our day, but we're going to see people house to house, family to family, in the streets, everywhere you go. The news is going to pick up on it. Everywhere you go, people are going to be talking about Jesus. It's a good time to be alive. How many of you guys is your first time here? Just want to see. Oh, welcome. It's good to see you guys. I know you. It's good to see you. Good to see you guys, welcome, we're excited. Bring your friends to church. If you know people that don't know Jesus, bring them here. It's a good place to meet them. If they can't handle worshiping for as long as we do, just have them show up late. Just be like, church starts at 9.30. It'd be awesome, it won't really matter. Honestly, we're fine with that. Half of you guys show up at 9.30 anyway. I'm kidding, I'm just, I'm just being funny. Just being funny, that was a kind rebuke. Ooh. Jordan knows, he gets here early. Like five minutes. (laughs) I had a dream. uh, I told Pastor Jesse this morning, I had a dream like maybe six, eight months ago where we had two services and... We oddly were speaking over there for some reason. The chairs were all set up. We took out these booths and people were lined up trying to get in the door an hour before service, just trying to get seats in the front. You know, that's what happens. I've been in situations and churches where people do that. Uh, When we were in Bible school with Pastor Jesse and Jessica and I, we were up in Bible school in Northern California. Like people would line up at the door an hour before service started, just waiting to get inside. You know, Dima, you guys, Malia, you guys were there. And so like people would line up because they were so hungry to experience what God was doing. And uh, the reality is that's where we're headed, and that's the presence of God that I feel here among you guys. That's the presence of God that I feel when I come to this place. That's what God's doing. I've seen God do incredible things. I know all of you guys had, we could give the microphone and just share all day long for weeks on end of all the incredible God things that we've seen. But I'm gonna share some things this morning that are gonna stretch you in a good way. I'm gonna share some things that are gonna take you further I'm gonna believe the testimonies that I'm sharing are literally gonna impart to you something special. They're gonna awaken something in you of hunger. They're gonna awaken something in you of just life in the spirit. They're not just Chris's testimonies. They're our testimonies. I'm actually gonna share some other people's testimonies. But uh, God has more for us. I love what Pastor Jesse preached on last week. He preached on family. You know, uh, there's this saying, you can go fast alone, but you can go far in family. There's something that happens when we, when we gather around God's presence as a community. And, you know, part of the vision of this church is encountering God together, equipping powerful people, and transforming culture with the love of Jesus. I love that we don't really say that all that often, but we sat on a boat one day, and we were just really, really overwhelmed with God's presence. And that's what he gave us as the vision for the church. Encountering God together, which is community. Encountering God in each other, with each other, God with us equipping powerful people that each of us would recognize that we're powerful and we're powerful to equip others. I mean, how many of you guys, we, we raised one time in here, we said, how many of you guys feel called to pastor? And like 25 people or so raised their hands in the service that felt called to pastoral ministry in this community. And what does that mean? That just means you gather people and you love them. <laughs> That's what pastoral ministry is. This church was birthed out of a home group. And uh, we just, we just decided as a team, we're like, hey, we got to go further. Pastor Jesse had known for years. He's like, I'm called... To, to plant a church and so this home group became a church and uh, many of you have been impacted by that I mean you guys know getting around the community here getting around some of the leaders getting around just anyone in this community that's on fire for Jesus you're impacted you're changed something happens something gets awakened in you of the potential that's been inside of you all along that's what happens when you get in community that's what happens when you get in family I encourage you. If this church, you don't, you're like, I don't know if this is my family yet. Go on a couple dates here, see if this is your family. But if you don't know where your family is, I promise you, God has a place for you that is your family. Anyway, that's not the sermon I was going to preach this morning, but um, that's awesome. Why don't you go with me to uh, Acts chapter two? Uh, We're going to read some of these verses. You've probably read them before, but I don't want you to read them like you've read them before. I want you to read them like you've never read them before. I want you to read them like they're brand new. But uh, before I jump into the Word, I want to share a couple stories. Um, I was just in Thailand with some missionaries that this church supports, uh, Joel and Lacey Hill. How many of you guys know Joel and Lacey? A bunch of you guys know Joel and Lacey. Joel and Lacey are literally doing things that they say are impossible in missions, They've been in a nation for two years, and they've been traveling around Asia. Well, here, let me back up. They went to Asia with no money, (laughs) with no support, no consistent support, nothing. They just went because God called them to go. They had a dream about a worship house in Thailand, and they felt like they were supposed to go. God started lining up support for them. God started lining up things as they went. You know, sometimes you have to go in the vision of God in order to see the provision of God. Sometimes you actually have to step out into the things that God's called you to do before you'll actually see the provision for what he's called you to walk in actually show up. How many of you guys are called to do things that you know that like right now you don't have enough for? It's really funny because we've made insecurity like a spiritual thing, but it's not. Like confidence, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children have a place of refuge, Proverbs 14, 26 says. When you actually step out into the call of God, knowing that his call contains his provision, you'll see him show up in dramatic demonstration. I'm like rhyming and doing all kinds of fun stuff right now. I like it, it's awesome. Let's get the ramble. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Gus likes this. Pastor Gus is on this. Do you guys love Pastor Gus? Gus and Kate, why don't you guys stand up? Because I just feel something for you. As you, as you, I just feel the anointing. Just stretch your hands towards them. I just hear the Lord saying, uh, Isaiah forty-two. It says, "It's a new season. Sing a new song." Um, I had a dream one time where God gave me a wine bottle, and it said forty-two, oh nine on it. And uh, Isaiah forty-two verse nine says. Behold, I do a new thing, sing a new song. And I just feel like the Lord is singing his song over you guys and he's putting momentum around you guys for the season that he's put you in. So Lord, we just bless them in Jesus' name. Momentum for the season that you're in, in Jesus' name, amen. His faith pulled prophetic out of me. That's awesome, I like that. We're just having fun. We're having fun at church. If this is new to you, awesome. New things aren't bad, they're just new. Uh, First time you drove a car, it was new. First time you went to church, it was new. First time you went on a date, it was new. First time you were married and had your first night, it was new. Like, things are new sometimes, but that doesn't mean they're bad, okay? <laughs> You might see people laughing in church this morning. You might see people happy. You might see people crying. You know, sometimes we think like crying is a manifestation of the Spirit. It can be, but joy is actually a greater evidenced manifestation of the Spirit throughout Scripture. So if you see people laughing in church this morning, it's okay. God's gonna touch people in really profound ways through the message this morning. He's already showed me that. It's gonna be awesome. So anyway, back to Thailand. Joel and Lacey, they're over there. They're missionaries. They're seeing incredible stuff. They just hosted us. They flew us over there for a conference. People drove from all over the nation to come to this conference people were saying that they felt god's presence in the ways they hadn't felt for 10 or 20 years the power of god was showing up in this conference they were picking people up off of the ground after the meetings like trying to carry them out all kinds of crazy stuff i could show you a video you might be totally blown away by it people rolling around the floor the pastor of this church pastor two he wanted to host heidi baker last year how many of you guys know heidi baker he said, I'm, I feel like I'm called to host Heidi Baker. None of the other pastors in the city got on board with it. So he paid for it himself. They emptied their whole church like coffers out, they emptied everything out. He sewed everything he had into hosting Heidi, and Heidi felt like she was supposed to come. So they did this event with her. The power of God showed up. Well, a couple weeks later, he's having church like normal. And the Holy Spirit starts to move in a profound way. I like what Pastor Jesse said. Sometimes when we honor where God's moving with someone else, we honor how God's ministering through someone else or doing things somewhere else, we begin to receive what's on their life. We begin to receive what he's doing in their life. Pastor Two honored what God is doing over in Mozambique by bringing Heidi in just to share stories and something happened in their community. So kids started coming in off the street to church and started getting radically saved. They would come into the building. They would start to shake and quake under the power of God. They would fall under the power of God. That's a perfectly normal scriptural manifestation. Jesus shows up. People are coming to kidnap him. They're coming to take him away, to crucify him. He he says, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He says, I am he. And they fall backwards to the ground, a whole crowd of people. Well, you might say, well, that was Jesus. Well, Jesus is still with us. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, there's a lot of sacrifices going on. The Holy Spirit shows up at a profound demonstration. A cloud comes down, fire consumes the sacrifice, all kinds of crazy stuff. And it says the priest couldn't stand to minister because of the cloud of glory. That's perfectly normal manifestations of the Spirit. Well, people in Thailand got totally offended that people were falling down in church. So some of the people started leaving the church, but kids started coming in off the streets and getting radically saved. Kids would come to make fun of their friends. They would come into the building and fall on their face. Now, these kids, I could show you video of them. Some of them are, you know, like one of them was a a young man. He's tall. He's a handsome-looking young guy. I can say that because I'm not homosexual. He's a handsome young guy. He stands up. (laughs) I'm being fun. He stands up. He's worshiping. He's got his hands in the air. He's on fire for Jesus. About a year ago, he was a ladyboy. His family literally kicked him out. When he gave his life to Jesus, his dad was a Chinese Buddhist priest. I'm going to go there. You know, in America, we think Buddhism is this kind religion. But over in Asia, Buddhism is you sacrifice children, and, and you chop people up, and you sacrifice them to pagan deities and to demons. Like, like, you realize the world is deceived and waiting for you to come with Jesus. Jesus said the whole world lies under the power of the devil. But we're not of the world, Amen. I feel like I'm I'm punching a couple things in the room right now. Is that okay? Some of you guys are offended at me. Don't get offended at me. Just get offended with Jesus. (laughs) The power of God's been showing up with these guys. Joel, I just saw a little post from them. They've been going up into the Himalayas. Joel is literally hiking from village to village in the Himalayas. He's on a nine-day hike right now, going village to village, preaching the gospel with signs and wonders. Buddhist priests get saved, people get healed. He goes into the villages and he says, just bring me the sick, God's gonna heal them. My God will heal them and people get radically saved. They're seeing incredible stuff. He told me a story, this is gonna stretch you too. This shaman came up to him to try to put a curse on him. He did this little weird finger thing, made his finger like a snake, like did this little, and Joel's like, I felt this weird energy coming towards me. They told him all these crazy stories of missionaries dying, all this intimidation stories, you know, like, like the devil's whole means of power is simply by intimidating you out of the power that you already have in Christ Jesus. Like, like, like all this stuff. So he feels this weird energy coming towards him, and Joel just starts to laugh. You know, if you feel weird energy around you, you're allowed to laugh. If you feel like things aren't going the way that they're supposed to go, you're allowed to laugh. He who sits in the heavens laughs at the plans of the enemy. That's Psalms chapter two if you want scripture for that. So Joel starts to laugh and he starts to throw his hand like this. The shaman crumples up into a little ball and falls on his face. The whole crowd of people a jaws drop and Joel preaches to them and many people get saved. <laughs> this is normal Christianity. Now, where they are in Asia like, is like less than 1% Christian. It's even some places are less than 1, 0.1%, less than 0.01% Christian. And they're going into unreached tribes and unreached people and sharing with them a Jesus who is powerful. Jesus is powerful, and Jesus gives us promises for a powerful life. And God is not just doing things in Asia, He's doing things in Orange County, and He's doing things with you. He's doing things in San Diego. He's doing things in California, He's doing things in America. I could share with you guys stories that would freak you out. I kinda want to. I'm I'm like tiptoeing. I'm tiptoeing. This stuff is real. You know, if miracles, signs and wonders feel hard for you to believe, there's a problem. Because you already believe, if you call yourself a Christian, you believe that 2,000 years ago, a man was God, God in the flesh. He walked around doing miracles. We rejected him. We crucified him. We nailed him to a tree. Three days later, he resurrected from the dead and he floated right up into heaven. He mystically became all of your sin for you and he has reconciled you to a holy God. You already believe in some really radical stuff. So if you say you're a Christian and it feels hard to believe in miracles today, I wanna tell you it's literally because you've been taught wrong. But God comes by his spirit and helps you learn what is right. The spirit of truth comes and sets us free from lies. The spirit of truth comes in Acts chapter two and sets the church free from lies and sets people free, religious people free from lies. Uh, I'm gonna start in verse one. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Jesus had told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. For not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Acts chapter one, verse eight. What kind of power? Power to look like him. Power to manifest his kingdom. Power to live a holy life. You know, some people, they say, I wanna live a holy life. I wanna have character. You can't have character without signs and wonders because you're not obedient to Christ unless signs and wonders are following you. Whoa. Part of character is manifesting the power of God. The other part of character is the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, kindness, faith, gentleness, self control. You know, when I squeeze a Christian, I'm supposed to see Christ. How does this happen? How is Christ formed within us? Let's keep reading. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm gonna skip a few verses. People are outside. They hear them talking inside and they say, wow, these guys are proclaiming the works of God, but they're proclaiming them in our language all different kinds of languages that we know they don't know because they're Galileans. We know, we can tell by how they dress. You know, um, a great social movement uh, started here in Southern California, but it actually wasn't recognized as a social movement maybe until much later. There was a, a man who was hungry for the things of the Spirit and he sat outside of a prayer meeting And he wanted the things of the Spirit like this verse talks about. He wanted to experience the baptism of the Spirit. He wanted to experience a Spirit-filled life. Now, I'm not saying to you that just because you don't speak in tongues, you're not Spirit-filled. God's Spirit has come to you. But God's Spirit wants to overflow you. So this guy, he wanted to experience this overflowing life of the Spirit. He wanted to experience that river that we were singing about. So he's sitting outside, but because of his race, he wasn't allowed inside the building. So, this one eyed black man sat outside but received because he was willing to honor beyond where he was dishonored. He sat outside the building. He received something. God called him to Los Angeles. He came to Los Angeles and he showed up at another prayer meeting where four women were praying for revival. They were praying for God to move powerfully in Southern California. Four women awesome how God starts stuff with women women at the time weren't allowed to vote women at the time weren't allowed to have a voice in a lot of public assemblies women at the time in many churches and many environments weren't allowed to speak because of a false interpretation of scripture just turn to your neighbor and say "Ha ha, that's funny Four women are praying. They're praying for a move of the Spirit in Los Angeles. This guy shows up at their door, knocks on their door, 10 o'clock at night, and says, I am the preacher of the great revival. That's pretty weird and pretty bold. That almost sounds arrogant, doesn't it? You know, arrogance and confidence can sometimes look the same, but confidence is always other-serving, while arrogance is always self-seeking. That's how you know the difference. So this man shows up. He starts preaching. They start having meetings where they simply worship God. Jesus. That's a profound statement, isn't it? Worship Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows up in radical ways and people all over the country start to flock because of the signs and wonders they hear and a young black man with one eye stands up to preach the gospel in these meetings. He would only stand up when he felt the Spirit move upon him. For the rest of the meetings, he kept his head under an egg crate on the front row. He would sit there, but signs and wonders would happen. You want to hear the confidence of this guy? His name was William Seymour here in Los Angeles on a place called Azusa Street. You want to hear the confidence of this guy? People would walk in without an arm, and he would say to them, hey, so you're not, allowed, you're not able to work properly because you only have one arm, right? And they would say, yeah, I can't go to work. I, only, I can't do certain things that other people... He says, so if you have two arms, will you tithe to this church? And he goes, oh, I'm just kidding. He'd slap them on the arm and another arm would grow out. Now, if that's, if that's stretching, you should already believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And if you don't believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, you're in the right place because you're going to see him touch people around you today and you're going to know that he's real and you're in the right place to give your life to him, Okay. Radical things would happen in these meetings. The Holy Spirit would show up like fire would come down on the building and fire trucks would come because they thought their building was on fire. This is in Los Angeles. it's is not in Africa. It was like 45, 50 minutes from here without traffic. Like nine hours with traffic. But. The power of God would show up in such dramatic demonstration. They would come in. Children would play hide and seek in a cloud that would appear in the room. I remember when we were in Bible college, people got offended because there was a sparkly cloud that would show up during church. Do you remember that? People would people would race to church. They would people would text their friends, say, "Come to church." The sparkly cloud showed up. It was amazing because it wouldn't show up when we'd preach about it. It wouldn't show up when we try to make it come. It would show up at inopportune moments, like when we'd take the offering. It would show up when we do a fire tunnel, which is in in. In an administrator, strategic person's mind, a fire tunnel has absolutely no purpose. But in the mind of God, a fire tunnel has all purpose because a fire tunnel is a place where people can encounter the power of God's presence. What's a fire tunnel? It's like a tube of people. (laughs) So you come up here to get prayer Dima. you know, at the end of service, and there's a line of people. So imagine two lines of people facing each other and you go down the middle. So it's better than just one person praying for you. It's like 30 people praying for you or 50 people praying for you. And the goal of the tunnel is to not make it to the end. <laughs> I could show you a video when we were in Thailand. We tried to do a prayer tunnel. We didn't explain this stuff to people. We weren't, like, people couldn't even make it into the tunnel. They, they had to get, they would, like, inundated. People were getting delivered of demonic spirits. All kinds of good stuff happen when the Holy Ghost shows up. So anyway, if you need that, you can have that too this morning. Um, <laughs> They were all amazed, it says in verse seven. They marveled, saying to one, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Are not all these guys like poor people, like uneducated people? They don't know our language. You know, God's not looking for special people to anoint. He's looking for normal people who can be special with. I remember coming back from trips and going and standing underneath that sparkly cloud and feeling all of the weariness and all of the brokenness and all of the sadness just go away because it was like, God, you're really here. More than what I saw, I loved what I felt. I just felt God's love, his, his presence. Like, like signs and wonders aren't the end goal. Signs and wonders point us to the fact that God actually truly is with us. You see, the great deception of all of time is that God is somewhere over there, but he's not here. Jesus Christ came to change that, and that's what's happening here in Acts chapter 2. How is that we hear them speak in our own language? People were amazed and perplexed, verse 12. What could this mean? Other people said they're full of new wine. Why would they say they're full of new wine? Because they probably looked like they were full of new wine. What does it look like when you're full of new wine? Have you guys ever been here on a Friday night? I hope not. If if not, we'll pray for you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known. Do you hear my words? Grab your neighbor and say, "Hear hear the words. You're not drunk with wine, as they suppose. Go and say that to them too. for these are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel it shall be in the last days god says that i will pour out my spirit on a few people your bible doesn't say that what does it say only a couple no what does your bible say all flesh does it just say special flesh does it just say flesh that has everything in order Does it say only happy flesh? No, it says all flesh. You know, if you're having a hard time in life, let go of the issues, turn to Jesus, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and let him move on your behalf. Everyone in this room is believing for things right now, believing for things that are bigger than themselves, things that they feel like they can't accomplish. Some people, like you guys are believing to buy a house. You two right here, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know you personally, but you're believing to buy a house. God just showed me that. God's gonna give you a home. He's gonna give you a place to live to base the things you're called to base so that you can go to the nations and reveal his face, which is the face of a happy father. God wants to do that for you. Like these are the things. He knows what you need. He knows what you need before you pray it. But we, like Pastor Jesse said, can't accomplish many of the things on our own initiative. That's why the word says, cease striving and know that I am God. There is a river, it says in Psalm 46 as well, whose streams make glad the city of God. When you get in the gladness of God, sadness goes away, difficulty goes away. You know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If life feels hard, it's because you're bearing the wrong yoke. Preach, Brother Chris, you're offending the hell out of me right now. People all around you in this room have crazy problems in their life. There's people in this room that are praying for their spouse to come to Christ. There's people in this room that are praying for someone to be healed in their family. There's people in this room that are praying just where's their meal going to come from on Friday? They have no paycheck coming. God has enough for you. The birds of the air don't worry about where their food's going to come from. Why are you worried? I talk to people that live on the streets here in Orange County all the time. They don't go hungry. They always have enough food. You see, the issue isn't is there going to be enough. The issue is whether you're going to see there's enough and start living for other people so that you would bring the kingdom to them so that they would realize there's more than enough. That's the issue. That's the issue. sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Men servants and maid servants, God will pour out his spirit and they will prophesy. That literally means you'll just say the things that God is saying. Prophecy is not this really weird, stretchy, archaic thing for people that put a weird tone in their voice. It's literally just saying what God is saying. I'll show you wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Those are signs, guys, signs, like supernatural signs. I was in a meeting in uh, San Diego not that long ago. Some of you guys were there, and heavenly fragrances came into the room. We could smell them, not in the natural, like, like you could smell them in the natural, but they weren't coming from natural sources. Like it would, all of a sudden, you'd smell this overwhelming smell of mint. Then you'd smell this overwhelming smell of vanilla. Then you'd smell this overwhelming smell of roses. Jesus Christ is the rose of Sharon. Like supernatural signs that say he's with us. You see, God wants to prove to you that he's with you. That's why the Spirit came. It shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 22. Hold on, let me go back. Uh, go with me to uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. we We learn about Jesus, that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that mean? That literally means that Jesus baptizes us in the same fiery, passionate love that motivated him, that moved inside of him. The same present one, the same Holy Spirit that moved with him is the same Holy Spirit that he baptizes us into. How many of you guys have been water baptized in this room? Okay, when you were water baptized, did you get wet? When you get baptized in the Spirit of God, something happens to you. You begin to drip. You begin to flow. You begin to show, you begin to demonstrate the love of God everywhere you go. I remember when I was baptized in the Spirit, I was 19 years old, and uh, I was by myself in my apartment, and I was reading through these verses, and the Holy Spirit came, and he filled me. And then a few days later, uh, Jessica's brother, James, where is James? There he is in the blue shirt. He came over to my house. This was, what, 12, 13 years ago. He came over to my house and he started reading some of these scriptures to me. And he says, do you want this? And I'm like, yeah, dude. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I think I already got it. But, But I want more. And he laid hands on me. All these words started coming out of me that I didn't know. And for hours, I just was laughing in the car. Remember, we were laughing in your old forerunner for a few hours. Things started happening in my life. I started feeling such an overwhelming awareness that God was with me. You guys, the gospel in a sentence is, God is already with you. It's good news. He came into your life before you wanted him to be there. He came into your life. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He came into your life when you didn't want him, and he showed up with extravagant love. That is the good news. The good news isn't you try to get God into your life, you try to get God to move in your finances. The good news is God has already moved, and he's given you the pattern for continual, perpetual motion of his presence, of his power through your life. No, I'm not going to land the plane yet. We're going to keep going for a little bit longer. Jesus says in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you. You know, if you're having a bad day, just read that. You're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. That's good news. If you don't know that you're going to heaven, today is the day to find that out forever for certainty, to receive Jesus Christ, whose blood is given for the cleansing of your soul from the remission of sins, who died for you, who gave everything for you, that you would know your eternal value, that you'd be free from bondage. Who resurrected from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He goes and prepares a place for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That's good news. Jesus is going to show up and receive you to himself. That where I am, there you may be also. It's interesting because we think this happens when, when, when we die, but Jesus actually is stating this is what happens when he dies. And where I go, and the way, you know. Thomas said to him, don't you love Thomas? He gives us hope. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what your daddy's like, he's like Jesus. Your daddy, says tu- tu- your daddy turns the other cheek when he gets slapped. Your daddy jumps in the midst of darkness and becomes light. The darkest hour of the night is right before the morning. But the sun gives light to all of creation i am thinking about this analogy of the sun. I know it feels like I'm going all over the place. It's okay, it's good for you. The sun gives us a good analogy, a good metaphor of what the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are like. When you look at the Son, the Son has a physical body. God has a physical body. He chose to have a physical body for all of eternity. Forever, there will be a man, a human being, seated at the right hand of God, eternal in the heavens. The sun gives off light, which you can see, and the sun gives off energy, which you can feel. Jesus came to show us that the Father is near to us, Jesus said, have you been so long with you and you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. See, that already right there qualifies you to do the works of Jesus because Jesus is even saying that it's the Father in him that's doing the works. Miracles, the Father in you doing the works by the power of the Spirit. When you squeeze Jesus, all you see is the Father. When we crucified Christ, Peter goes on to say in Acts 2, he says, this man of God attested to you by miracles, signs, and wonders, you nailed to a cross, it says in Acts 2.22. You nailed to a cross. You know, if we were there in Jerusalem in that day, we would have been the same people that nailed him to the cross, There was only like three people that didn't turn their back. Four, sorry, three women and one guy. The one that would lay his head on Jesus' breast and that knew that he was loved by God and knew that life wasn't about how much he loved God, but life was about how much God loved him. That's a good word right there. That'll free you. The words that I speak to, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. You see, there's this this lie. I, I say it a lot here. Some of you guys have heard me say it, but I'll say it for those. There's this lie that's been perpetuated on the church that says that Jesus Christ was alone on the cross. But in order for that to be true, you'd have to divide up the Trinity. Now, Jesus Christ experienced all of the brokenness, all of the sin, and all of the debt of all of humanity, but his father was not far from him. But you might say, oh, but Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You should probably read the rest of Psalm 22, which says that God's face is not far from the afflicted. You see, if you think that Father turned his back on the Son when he was on the cross and became sin, you'll think that God turns his back on you when you have a dark day. You see, everything we believe about God is demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ. He actually goes on to say in John chapter 14, he says, I am never alone. Jesus actually contradicts that false doctrine of demons that's come against the church. He says, I am never alone. You guys are gonna desert me, but I'm not alone. When Jesus was on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he wasn't twisting his daddy's arm. He was announcing his father's intent from the beginning of time. The Father forgives them for they know not what they do. The whole world lied in deceit, but Jesus Christ came to free us from the disease of deceit, from the disease of sin and shame, to bring us into wholeness, to give us a new name. God has come to us in Christ Jesus. He's come close. He's not far away. He's not coming. Revival isn't something that's coming. Revival is someone who's here, who's with us now. His name is Jesus. He's overcome all the power of sickness, sin, and the devil, and he's triumphant, and he's seated at the right hand of God. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I'll do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. You know, there's this thing that says that the Holy Spirit, like, comes and goes, that he's, like, fluttery like a dove, that you can scare him away with your bad behavior. You know, if that was true, then the blood of Jesus would not be effective against your sin. Am i saying god approves of bad behavior no am i saying go on and live in sin so that god could be glorified no i'm saying that god enters into the midst of your darkness and he's not scared of it i remember seasons of my life where things were in my life that shouldn't be there and i thought that if they were there god left me but you know what he never left He constantly showed up. He constantly spoke to me, and he constantly told me how much he loved me and how I wasn't defined by the things I was doing. Okay, this is good stuff, you guys. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Not just sometimes, not just when you get it right, not just when you have the right behavior, not just when you pray enough, not just when you hold out your hands enough, not just when you sing the right songs enough, not just when you focus enough. Know that he would be with you forever. So, how come you're not feeling God the way that these scriptures talk about? It's because we're not believing God the way that these scriptures talk about. Jesus said, Believe in God, believe also in me. I go and prepare a place for you, and I've brought you to myself in. In his death, you've been crucified. In his resurrection, you've been brought into new life. And in his ascension, you've been seated with him in heavenly places. Jesse already quoted at the beginning of the service. He dwells with you, and we'll be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that awesome that Jesus says He will come to you? i just gonna leave that one there. A little while longer in the world will see me no more, but you will see me. But you guys, this is like actual promises to you. You get to see Jesus. You literally get to see Jesus. If you think you have to wait till you die to see Jesus, then Jesus isn't your savior, death is. You get to see, anyway, I'll just, okay. Um, I'll just keep reading. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. That is a good verse, that you've been brought into full union through the perfect blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Well, why did he have to have a blood sacrifice? Well, the word tells us that the life is in the blood. God's blood was totally pure and God spilled his blood, innocent blood, so that we would know that we are made pure. But his voiceovers that says we've been made pure is literally true. That he staked everything on it. He who has my commandments and keeps them and is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I'm just reading. I just think it's worth reading. Is that okay? These things I've spoken to you, verse 25, while being present with you, but the helper of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. See, the world gives and takes away, but Jesus gives and it stays. let not your heart be troubled, don't be afraid, you've heard me. I just wanna pray for you guys. Um, why don't you guys stand to your feet? Just feel God's spirit here. Um, just brooding over people. Uh, many of you have just been feeling God's presence through the message. You know, God is the healer, that means his presence is healing. Jesus Christ is the miracle worker, so where his presence is, miracles just happen. You know, that that scoliosis just straightens out right now, that young girl with the scoliosis, the Lord just heals you right where you're standing. That heart palpitation just healed right where you're standing. The problem with the shoulders just healed right where you're standing. The neck issue's gone right now, right where you're standing. God, we just thank you that uh, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. That we get to behold you, Jesus, always in your presence. We get to see you. Gosh, there's so much more I want to say to you guys, but I know some of you guys want to leave, and we got to dismiss for the kids. I'm just gonna pray. As I do, I just feel the Holy Spirit's gonna move around and uh, he really wants to touch people. He wants to make Jesus real to you. But before I do that, if you're here and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, uh, now's the time. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, Or if you're here this morning and life circumstances have left you feeling completely alienated and completely distant and uh, you know that it's time for you to give your life to him. I just want you to be bold right now. Jesus was bold. He hung naked on a cross for you. I want you to be bold. I just want you to literally... um, I, I'm gonna have you come forward. If that's you, anyone here, you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to, just to come forward. If, if you need help, turn to someone next to you and say, would you go with me? Just come to the front wherever you are. If you're here, I like to do this every service. If you're here and you know that today's the day to give your life to Jesus, uh, go ahead and do that. If, if you know, maybe, maybe you're here and you're like, well, I, I don't even know what that means to give my life to Jesus. You know, Jesus gave his life to you on the cross. He gave his life to you. Maybe you're here and you're like, well, but I think my life is okay and my life is good without Jesus. Really, look at the world around you. Look at what the world is in without Jesus. Everyone needs a king like Jesus. He's not controlling. He doesn't want to manipulate you. If that makes sense to you, I'm serious. Just come forward. Just be bold. Just get out of your seat. Come forward right now. I'm just gonna keep praying. I feel like there are people here, so I know there's people here. Just come forward. You know you're supposed to give your life to Jesus. Just come right forward right now. Just come out of your seat. Just push people. I'm I'm making this be, you know, it it helps you get over the fear. So don't be afraid. Just come. It helps you get over the fear. Just come. Just come right now. Just come. Just come. You guys just pray. Just come. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. God, we just bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Is there anyone in this section over here? Just raise your hand. You know that you're supposed to give your life to Jesus. Is there anyone over here? Just raise your hand. You're like, I'm here. I'm supposed to give my life to Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father. Just pray with me, guys. I'm serious. Just close your eyes. Just pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing, God. Yeah, come. Come to him right now. Come to him right now. Step past the fear. Step past the boundaries and just come. Just come to him. just gonna pray, and as I do, the Holy Spirit's gonna, uh, he's gonna fall on people, and uh, some of you guys it might feel like just an immense power coming over you, or or just a a joy filling you, as you feel that, I want you to come to the front um, as well, so Father, we just thank you for what you've done today, Holy Spirit, we just bless what you're doing, God, I bless what you're doing, I thank you for a fresh baptism of the Spirit, God, a fresh baptism of the supernatural, a fresh baptism of your nature, God, I pray for an immersion this morning, God, I ask for an immersion this morning. God, touch, touch everyone here. Yeah, that's it, 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 that's it. Holy Ghost, we thank you. Holy Ghost, we thank you. I want you, if you're feeling the power of God on you, I just want you to just come to the front. I need a couple of ushers. If you need to go, you can go. I'm just gonna dismiss. If I would just bless everyone here. I'm gonna keep going, but if you need to pick up your kids, go pick up your kids. I'm dismissing for the kids right now because we have time. But if you're feeling the power of God on you, I want you to come to the front we're just gonna lay hands on people. Why? Because it's good for people. Um, we're just gonna believe God for things. If you need a miracle, stay around. Um, there's also, I felt like too, just to, just to end, there's people here, there's someone here that you're from Israel. I have a prophetic word for you. There's also someone here, like um, it's, a, it's a last name, it starts with a B. I don't know if it's a brown, but I just just come forward. I just I have words for a few different people. But if you're feeling the power of God on you, come forward. We're just gonna pray for people. Um, and, and Lord, we just bless you. We get the house music up. Just gonna pray if we could get a couple of the prayer team to come around and just help. We're just gonna lay hands on people. Some prayer team can help too. See you guys later. Next service starts sometime. Amen. Bless you God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.